You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Sometimes an author uh, is so prolific that he, he, he is the give, he's the gift that keeps on giving. And that's the case with Rabbi Shlom Avinir, who was a student uh, of Rabbi Tzvi Yudha Kuk Zetzal, and very much represents the uh, the Mafdal, you know, the Datilu Mi uh, point of view. But he's he's quite machmir in some in, in some things. And, and in general, I think that I am not a believer in uh, in pigeonholing anyone. Uh, you're going to find tremendous schools by Rebel Yoshev and Rebbe Kanyevsky. You're going to find Chumris by others. So you know, it, it, this, the the type of yarmulke, the sandalim, and things like that that really should never be. Um, your Hashkafa, and, and the truth is, he, although he definitely is very pro the country, the military, he has a tremendous amount of respect for people like Rukhayim, Kanyevsky, and others. And uh, you'll see it uh, in, the, in some of these chubas themselves. So um, I'm, I, I think he's quite advanced in years. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's 80 yet. He's definitely in his, in his late 70s, maybe even older than that. So we're going to be doing uh, some uh, material from him, and I think you're going to find it interesting. Okay. Um, he got the following question, and the question itself is, is, is quite interesting, the way the person writes it. He says, the, a bocher wrote him, or a, a person wrote him, he says, you you wrote in your tshuva, you quoted Rabbi Aviner, Rabbi Yudachosid, and Rabbi Dachosid talked about, of course, this was a safer written in the, in, the, in, the, in the Middle Ages in Germany, and it was uh, a safer that, that, that's a tremendous source of interesting menhogim and, and, and the drachim of the Chachmei Ashkenaz, that there was a Jew that once um, went into a church in order to collect his debt, and he went into the church, he was so driven that he had to go in there, and he, I guess he got his debt collected. Then he felt terrible that he went into a church. And he went to the Chochem to ask, well, how can he do tshuva? And he said, remember the day you went in? You're going to have a fast day. Every, that, that's on the anniversary of the day you entered that church. And again, this really goes to the view of the predominant opinions. Prominent sheet of the Rishonim is that Christianity had a din of Avodah and um, there were some that felt that it should not be considered Avodazar. We're going to talk about it tonight. But this was a, uh, a, a something that came out of the Sefer B'Rachos said, how careful you have to be not going into a church or going into the base of Avodazar, even though you were going in to collect money, the man had to fast. So based on that shuva, the Bochar asked the following question. He said, I went on the March of the Living. I know some of you are familiar with the March of the Living. Um, and part of it was incredible. Part of the March of the Living was that they went into visit. Part of it, I guess, was to be in some church. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe that was where Jews were saved there. I don't know exactly. He said the, the church was at the uh, end. I'm sorry. Of his, I'm, I'm sorry. I think, uh, Rabbi, uh, I think it has to do with that uh, nun that uh, was Jewish and became um, she was incarcerated in Auschwitz. Then she became um, a um, 
a nun. A saint, but it also became, because of she was martyred there, she became a saint to the Catholic Church, and over Jewish object, objections, I think they uh, erected the church there, on the grounds of Auschwitz or nearby. Edith uh-huh. something, I forgot her, her name, Edith uh, first name. Yeah. Uh-huh. So there was. I think that's the case. It's, well, it's a, interesting it's, that the whoever the organizers of the March of the Living had them marching into this church, um, and supposedly you, maybe you'll know Dr. Kogan. He said it was f- the the you get into the church. It's actually four meters underground, and it's called the salt. It's like the salt tunnel, because um, they say that there was salt was like the walls of the church, he says, were made out of salt. Um, and we got into the church, and this Bocher said he, he followed the, the, the students into the church. And he said, I felt so bad. I, I, I left there in Sisro. I don't know why I had to go on the March of the Living. I, I think for, for the Jewish boys and girls from America, I think it's a very positive thing. Here you see that there was this boy who was born in Israel, was wondering, maybe I shouldn't have gone. I, I, my first time I ever left. And he says, I felt so bad. Not only did I leave Eretz Yisrael, but I ended up going into an Avodah Zara place. So he says, maybe I should fast on that day um, or not. Um, he says, when I spoke to my, my, my counselors, they told me, you didn't know you were going into the church. He says, I don't care. He says, I want to ask Rabbi Viner. He says, I've been bothered. He wrote Abaviner. He said, I've been bothered for the last four years. He says, I'm so embarrassed. He says that he says uh, that I did this the first time I've ever been connected to any sort of church or anything like that. But I did it already. What should I do? And he says, I got so depressed. He says, I'm a student of Eretz Yisrael. He says, I can't say that I was really forced into it. The truth was, he says, I could have stopped. I knew where we were going. I wasn't sure what was down there. It's like it's not like I didn't know. I guess I knew. He says that it was some sort of church, but you know, he was part of the he was part of the trip already. He says, I knew I made a very big mistake, um, and. By leaving Eretz Yisrael, he said, I probably lost my clear way of thinking about things. So he says, I, I, he says, he says, it, I, he says, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about what I did wrong. So that was the um, the question. He says, tell me what I should do. Um, He said, first of all, he said, Rabbi Vinir said, I did quote that tshuva from Rabbi Yudachosid. But it's not brought down in any Sifri Aloha that the day you walk into a church, you should somehow, um, uh, you should somehow uh, fast that day. And it's, it's Midas Chasidus. He says, look at the name of the book. The book is called Sefer Chasidim. That's a book that shows how the very holy people acted. Very relieved, very, right? That's one thing. So you can't take the Sefer Hasidim to say you should be that way. Plus, in the story of the Sefer Hasidim, the guy knew he was going into a church. He just wanted his money. But you, okay, you don't want to say, you, you want to, maybe you knew, you definitely are not, you didn't maliciously go. 
You didn't know that there was a church on the way. And therefore, even though it's true, when Avera b'mezid, you need kapora for, not the same way. And he says that, look, um, he says, in a way, and the reason why you need an the reason why, he says, why do you need why do you need to do tshuva if you did something baones? Well, think about it. How about if a person would swallow poison? It, the poison's going to affect him. The same thing is true. Um, doing an avera affects you, even though you didn't want to do it. So clearly, something did change by you doing this avera, even though you didn't mean to do it. He says somebody who would eat. Uh, something but ones, <laughs> he wouldn't feel sick? Of course he would. Um, but it's a lot less than doing it willfully. But I agree, you probably, there is some sort of tshuva you could, which is in, in, here, which is important. Now, The main thing of tshuva, though, is is regret, and 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 the fact that you are unhappy you did it, and the fact that you're never going to do it again. Look, I can see from your letter, Rabbi Vinay writes, that you clearly aren't going to do it again, and you and, and and the way you feel, and you're eating yourself up for four years. That's regret, buddy. That's the greatest regret that I I can tell you. So therefore, I'm going to say, since I believe you're sincere, that your Avera has probably been taken care of. But if you want, because it's bothering you, you're asking me to tell you what to do. So I'll tell you what you can do. You want to fast. What's greater than fasting is learning Torah, doing Chesed. Think about the Bnei Eli, he says. We know that during the time of the Beis Amikdash, the children of Eli learning Torah wouldn't have helped. Learn, bringing a Corbin wouldn't have helped them. But by learning Torah, like Abaya, like his uncle Rabba, the ches that Abaya did was he was able to live to 60. He says, look, you fasting, that's also good. Um, because if it works for, uh, like Rabbi Dachosit says, Bekavana, for sure the fasting can work. If you really want to take on Yusurin, so I'm not going to tell you not to. But, and if you do, you can be 100% assured. So you can see here a little bit of Rav Aviner's approach and halacha, but you also see how you need to listen to the person who's asking the question and sort of, you know, to tell him, ah, Narish, you're crazy, you should go see your doctor, you're obviously, there's something wrong with you psychologically, you know, there's something else here. Rabbi Nair doesn't do that. And I think that the way he approaches it is also an approach of, of a good listener and who's also not defying uh, what the person wants to do. You can see he wanted something. He wanted to, he wouldn't be happy unless Rabbi Nair would give him something where he could somehow torture himself, I'm saying a little bit, in terms of fasting. And therefore he says it's okay. But there Hagav, you see, that going into a church, even though it was probably a place mostly used as something for the sake of showing the people what was going on in the Holocaust, is still usher to do. It is usher to go into a church, despite the fact that it's only a certain stop 
on the trip. Is it also to go into a, um, like their social hall? That's a good question. Uh, that's a good question. I, I would say, Sheila, again, there's different opinions. There's an Ayin Hara, uh, uh, there's the um, Maris Ayin about going into the building. Um, and um, which is Bechlal a problem. Plus, a lot of times in the social hall, they do if they don't have a, if they don't have a, 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 a crucifix there, you know. And sometimes the social hall again is used for, 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 for you know, events, religious events. Yeah, I would say there's a problem, Sheila, of going into the Church of Maris Hyatt in general, even if you're going into the social hall. I've been asked by uh, students who had non-Jewish relatives, in other words, they married um, uh, a convert, and the convert's sister was getting married in a church. And the question was, you know, what should they do? They they didn't want to um, alienate their family. And the question was, could they, similar to your question, could they go into the church but not go into the sanctuary, but at least be somewhere, be in the hallway, I told him that he shouldn't, again, my psak was to him that he should not go, he should He should be standing right out of the church when they come out and be the first one to throw the rice or whatever it was they would be throwing. And and, and that would be a very important thing. Mm-hmm. But, but to actually, and, and to make a big deal about that, not right. to show, but to actually go into the church is a little bit problematic. Because right, often they, like in the past, I know, Nowadays, it's not such of a problem, but like they had voting in churches or right. things right. like that. So there, I think the Marisayan is less, or even you know, bingo games. Right? That was, I think, you know, right. you know, I'm sure there's a lot of Jewish ladies that wanted to go play bingo. Right? And when they had the like when they would show have the bingo games in some of the church areas would have churches. So it could be if there's already something indicating that again the bingo game might be another question because you might be um supporting them supporting the church by playing bingo there so you're right if they're setting up the voting booth there and people realize that it's people going in to vote you know then i think it might be uh i think might be all right the myra sign wouldn't be there but as far as a a crucifix some hospitals have crucifixes all over you can't does that mean you can't go in the hospital it's a little bit different. You know, the hospitals have crucifixes because they own the hospital. It's St. Mary's Hospital. And they put a crucifix in every room. So, you know, you try to do what you can when it's there. But I think the, the, the social, I think part of, just like shoals, they use every room they can. You know what I'm saying? Like when, when it's Yom Kippur, there's, there's the social hall minion, right? And then there's the big shoal minion. Yeah. So to assume that, oh, they don't use this for services, I think would be a mistake. And if it's a place that's in a church, you know, um, the fact that it's the quote unquote social hall doesn't mean that it was a place that wasn't used for religious services. And therefore I would be, I, I, I again, I, I would be very, very cautious. Uh, and you would need a lot of, uh, like I say, a lot of uh, uh, broad shoulders to be able to monitor that. I, I don't think you can. Um, talking about, as I said in the blurb, we're going to be talking about churches and 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 music. This I thought was an interesting question as well. 
I get the sense this is a girl who's asking this question, although, you know, I, I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> I think so. He says, in our upana, we have a, um, it says banot, we have a, uh, a, a course that, that allows girls to graduate with a degree in musicology. Um, and it says, Baramash of five ad nine yichidot limud. So it sounds like, you know, not sure what that means, but uh, Moshe would know and Avrami would know, but it sounds like, it, it sounds like it's, it's one of the, uh, it's, it's one of the ways you work towards your degree. And part of what they set up, I guess, even in Israel, was to learn about um, church music, music that was written by composers as part of the liturgical uh, liturgical church service uh, that were meant for the church. And that was, you needed to study their music. Um, in fact, the woman writes, the girl writes, that through, again, we talk about, um, you know, the, the, the music they call, you know, Baroque, before the Baroque period, uh, the music of the, you know, before Mozart and Beethoven, which were sort of like a lot of that music you might call um, uh, not clerical, you might call that, uh, you know, um, secular music in some ways, although some of it is church music. Uh, before that period, most of the most of the com- compositions were actually church, which actually church compositions. So she wanted to know: Can I listen to that music? Can I learn about it? Can we analyze it? Um, because some of the music comes with the words of the text. Uh, okay, he says um, it could be that we're going to not mention the text; we're just going to hear the music about it. But, um, and I'm, I'm not trying to become a Christian because of it. it's all just to learn about the history of music um, because the professor says it's important to know how music developed. In other words, to, to, to appreciate the various strands of classical music, you need to sometimes realize the roots of the music that goes back uh, to the liturgy. So that was the question. So Ravav Iner said, look, you got to, it's Christianity. And really we need to stay away, far away from involving ourselves in things that are connected to Christianity. She says, Christianity is a vodizara. And you got to stay away. Now, unfortunately over here, you're not going to change the university. You won't be able to get the bagrut. You won't be able to get your degree. Um, and you know what? I want, he says, I as a rabbi, Rabbi Vinay writes, we, the rabbis, we want that from girls should be able to get positions in music. And therefore, Rabbi Vinay, similar to Rabbi Chaim David Alevi and Rav Moshe and others, we saw Rav Moshe's approach this way when it came to um, what was going on in Russia, with the, remember, with the Russian uh, children, we saw Chaim David Alevi talk about the shul that was going to fall apart. This is the way a Pesach speaks. We need to find a way to be matter this. Um, he says, look, if this would be 100% oser, I, I wouldn't say you could be matter it. But what can we do? We need to, we need, I need to do, we need to research this 
and see if we can come up with a way that this woman, this young woman can take these music classes and not say, you know, right. By the way, just parenthetically, uh, my daughter has friends that are going to fashion um, school and they have given them an option to like deal with the non, to deal with the sneas fashion and like to, to, to uh, not have to, um, I'm not sure what the word is, uh, to prepare like the non sneas type of begodim. And they can actually have that option. So that's actually developed now for, from girls to get degrees in fashion and things like that. So it is important. And, but again, if the college isn't going to move and the professor is one of these Germanic fellows, what are you going to do? So Ravinier says we have to come up with a hetero. So he says, remember, Avodah Zara, let's go talk about what about Christianity? Christianity says, is Avodah Zara, the Ramam says it often. Now it's true, Tosfus, they want to say, said it wasn't Avodah Zara. Was what did Tosfus say? Tosfus says that a Ben Noach lo huzaru alashituf, meaning Tosfus talked about becoming, um, uh, becoming a partner with a Christian. So the question was, the Gemara says you can't become a partner with a non-Jew because it says, because it says you're not supposed to have a situation where because of you, a Navodah Zara was invoked. Which means that if you're going to have a partnership with a non-Jew, there's going to be some scuffle. There's going to, there's going to be issues where the non-Jew uh, and you get into it in terms of some sort of legal wrangling, and he's going to go to his church and swear by the turtle god or swear by whatever god he believes in. So it turned out, because of your connection to him, you caused more avodazar in the world to happen, more mentioning of avodazar. So Tosfus says it might not apply to a Christian, because when a Christian swears in church to Jesus, the Christian has not done avodazara. Because he says it's only the it's only Claudius role that has a mitzvah to believe only in one God. Jesus is a manifestation of the Creator in their mind, right? That somehow God turned himself into a human being and was manifest as a human being and still in some way represents like the like the, 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 the Trinity, he's Tosva says, is not considered like they did Avodazara. It's Avodazara for us, but not Avodazara for them. So therefore, in a way, you might have, you might have, by your partnership with the Christian, you you caused Jesus to be invoked, but you didn't cause an act of Avodah Zarah to happen, because the Christian himself was didn't do Avodah Zarah by swearing to Jesus. So that's what Tosva says. So. Um, He says, you can't use Tosfus, because that's just a question if the non-Jew is considered a true, a pure Ovid Avodah or not. The Rambam still felt he was. But for a Jew, it's definitely Avodah Even if a Jew would say, I believe in God, and I believe in one God, and I believe that man, that God uh, was, man, God created man, but if a Jew would ever believe that that somehow a man can become God, that is Avodah Zarah 100%. And therefore, since Avodah Zarah for us, 
we can't derive benefit from Avodah Zorah. How do you know? If the Gemara says so. The Gemara says that if, if, you, if there are Avodah Zorah tunes being played, the Gemara says it. In Menagim Avodah Zorah, it's usher to listen. Now, it's only the Rabbanon, because what is considered Hanoah? Midaraisa, if you get Hanoah from the Levium singing, or from a sound, that's not considered like you imbibed it, and that you were over an Isra Hanoah. Kol umare vereach doesn't have a din me'ila. But it's still Osir the Rabbanon to get Hanoah from the smell of Avodah Zarah, from the Besamim of Avodah Zarah, from the imagery of Avodah Zarah, and from the music of Avodah Zarah. Now, that Gemara is speaking about, Rav Avinir says, when it's coming from the service. In other words, a church service is going on, and you walk by the church and you hear it and you say, isn't that beautiful? Because they're, they are, they're, they're singing praises to Jesus and it's beautiful and you're listening to it as they're singing it. That's getting Hanoah from an Avodazar, from a, from a song of Avodazar. But what you are talking about listening to a musical, like a record that we are somehow because we 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 have because the musicologists have a tradition of what the notes were they've reproduced the music but it's not like they were actually doing avodazara then it was a concert there he doesn't know if it's us now what would obviously be different when many people have a yetsahara to do especially here in new york in december i don't know if it's going to be this year is to go to the handel's messiah you know what i'm talking about right handel's messiah Right, so it's that. Even though it's you know it's a beautiful, uh, I'm sure a beautiful <laughs> uh, piece of music, to go to Handel's Messiah is really, even though they play it like it's a concert, it's very much done during the Christmas season. It's very much a a, a church type of event and a Modazar celebrating oh. event. Yes, Dr. Kogan. I just had a question about regarding Gregorian chants, which I remember hearing from someone that they said that they originally they think that they took it from the base of Mikdash and Levine. Uh, so we'll talk about that. That's going to come up. <laughs> That's going to come up. That right, but she was correct. Gregorian chants were chants that were done by monks, right? Uh, Doctor Kogan, right? The Gregorian chants were 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 stuff that the monks would. Would, would, right? I, I believe so. It was, yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah. It, it was done by you know by priests or monks who who had these chanting that that that, that it was passed down. So, um, that would be a little bit of a question. Um, so, thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 